welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. It is a spooky time of the year, Holden. Ooh, indeed. Halloween weekend, as they say. Uh, Halloween is tomorrow as of recording. Jimmy, have you uh, been keeping up on Halloween festivities? Oh yeah, well, Holden, we went to the same get-together yesterday, so I hope you <laughs> noticed. Oh yeah, you were there. <laughs> yes, as Mark Antony, you know, brawn over brains, which is just exactly what describes me all the time. And Holden, mm-hmm. you were dressed up as... I was dressed up as Heisenberg, uh, Walter White from uh, Breaking Bad. I was pretty pleased with how it came out. I spent quite a bit of time assembling that costume. So how long? I think we need to hear about the bald cap experience. Okay, <laughs> the whole yeah. thing from finding <laughs> one to applying it. I think we owe that to the audience here. Yeah. Um, so I was very late to our get together yesterday and I, uh, it's because I was trying to apply a bald cap obviously for Walter White and it took me, well, finding it was easy. I just ordered one online. Um, but I didn't realize how much of a process it would be. I knew you had to kind of like glue it to your head essentially, but it took it because my, I have a big head and also I have a lot of hair. (laughs) so (laughs) trying to get all of that under a bald cap and trying to get it to stick properly and everything it took us like two hours at least uh from the start to the end um it was a hassle and you didn't hear i mean i think it looked okay it was a little bit wrinkly in the back and everything but that was just kind of a workaround that was the only way we could get it to work but from the front it looked pretty good which that was the important part that's where the pictures are taken um but uh, you didn't hear this, but afterwards, getting it off was also a whole process. <laughs> oh, it, no. it wasn't as long, but we had to use a special chemical to get it off, which kind of a chemical that kind of made the glue go away and everything. But then I had a bunch of liquid latex just stuck on my head. I took a shower for like 40 minutes yesterday, just like trying to get it all out. <laughs> it was... Yeah, it was a lot. I didn't go to bed until like 3.30 a.m. this morning. <laughs> wow. Uh, so You should have just shaved your head, I think, next time. Just fully commit, Holden. Uh, yeah, honestly. Uh, it would have probably been easier. <laughs> it's going to make your Black Adam costume that you're wearing next year pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, this has been a long intro. Our episode for you this week, uh, is going to involve uh, the final episode of House of the Dragon, uh, the eighth episode of Andor, and, uh, we are reviewing the 1977 Japanese film, uh, House, or Hausu, um, which is a, uh, listener request. I haven't done one of those in a while, but we figured it's Halloween, so we can do a little horror-themed one. Oh, yes. Very spooky. Gonna lose a lot of sleep over a house. That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the toms. Here we go. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms, 
Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Yes, Holden, let's get it started with some trailers. So what trailers should we talk about first this week? We can we can start with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, this is the, uh, well, we previously talked about Werewolf by Night, which was kind of a Marvel special on Disney+. Plus. This looks to be a similar thing, but with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it is releasing, I don't remember the exact date, towards the end of November. Um, and it was, it was made coinciding with them making Guardians of the Galaxy 3, so it is directed by James Gunn and all of that, but... Uh, Jimmy, what do you think of this? Uh, looks fun. I mean, they're gonna kidnap Kevin Bacon or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that would have yeah, been funnier if fun. they didn't spoil it. That's true. Yeah, that would have been. I I am kind of disappointed in that, but I am very excited that it looks like we're getting a big chunk of Mantis and Drax, which in Guardians of the Galaxy two, I feel like that was the funniest part. Maybe. Yeah. Their interactions. So I think they're they're a very entertaining duo. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, Holden. I'm going to give it a Brokaw. Yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw as well. Looks like it could be heartwarming, good good old fun. We'll probably talk about it. Yep, I'm um, sure we will. Yeah. Um, but then uh, we got another Marvel trailer this week, a bigger one. Uh, this is for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, the third Ant-Man and the Wasp... Well, third Ant-Man movie, I guess. <laughs> Second Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is coming out in February. I think it's directed by the same person who did the other two, which is Peyton Reed, I believe. Yes, it but, is. Um, Jimmy, what do you think of this trailer? I have not seen <laughs> either of the Ant-Man movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it looks good, I guess. I mean, Kang's in it. Mm-hmm. The, it the beginning is a little silly where it's like, oh, you know, we still want to help people or whatever i think i'm assuming it's his daughter yeah and so i created this little project and then the one uh lady gosh what's that actress's name again? michelle pfeiffer michelle pfeiffer's like did you say quantum turn it off right now <laughs> and then they all get sucked in there that's a little hokey yeah um but well it's also it, it's weird i mean i obviously we don't have the context of the movie i don't totally understand like why they have this device and i mean i'm sure they'll set it up that's solving some problem that is being experienced or something but yeah the that is kind of hokey it's worse than the doctor strange being like quit talking to me peter barker i'm trying to do this spell <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's even it can, yeah it's it even is. worse than that and it's like oh this is really cool wait a second quantum no Whoa. turn it off <laughs> um but the rest of the trailer looks pretty cool. I mean, it's obviously just a ton of CGI. <laughs> like, this movie is just smokes. on a green screen. <laughs> the majority. It, but, like, at least it looks creative. Like, it looks like there's some interesting creature designs and, like, the environments could be fun. So I I hope there's some personality to it. Kind of reminded me of the Strange World trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Which when is that yeah. movie coming out? That seemed like I saw a lot of that movie, and then I have not seen anything about that movie since. I think that comes out this next month. So like, toward 
mid-November yeah, maybe. Yeah, November 23rd. It's weird because it's just like, oh, I saw that trailer a bunch. And then it's like, I have not seen the trailer. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I'm excited to see Kang. I will see this one. I should probably watch the other Ant-Man movies, even though I've heard the second one in particular is kind of bleh. Yeah, it, it would probably help just to, you know, understand the characters a bit more and everything but i i despite the fact that those movies aren't the best i do really like paul rudd well, as ant-man paul rudd but just entertaining yeah. and seems like a nice guy yeah and that is part of it a lot of it is just paul rudd's natural charisma um i don't think we got it. michael douglas is in this i'm kind of surprised he's still doing these but i don't think he said a single line in this trailer <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i don't know but i'm i'm interesting oh bill murray showed up yeah briefly bill murray's in it what's he doing now, who knows <laughs> <laughs> can't say um great brokaw for me yeah i will also give it a brokaw um then on to other news i'll just get our other piece of marvel news out of the way um ironheart uh, the Marvel or the Disney Plus series, uh, which I believe the character is going to be introduced in the upcoming Black Panther film, um, but apparently Sasha Baron Cohen is going to be joining the series. Uh, not only will he be joining, but it looks like he will be joining as Mephisto. Finally, Jimmy. <laughs> Finally, Mephisto. Yes, we can. We don't need to speculate any longer. <laughs> He's coming. Uh, yeah, and um, it looks like. He might not be, like, the main villain, so it, it might be kind of one of those uh, things where he's just a larger evil in the universe and they can bring him back at some point. But uh, Anthony Ramos, the actor who was the lead in In the Heights, he was already confirmed to be the villain. And I think he's a character, from what I understand, that gets his powers from making a pact with a demon. So I'm sure that demon is Mephisto or something. But Well, who hasn't made gotten their powers from making a pact from a de- with yeah, a demon? Yeah, right. I mean, we did see Black Adam last year. Nobody's week. <laughs> making packs with the angels. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal with that? I guess they just, they're just not into that. I guess not. A little not. too enlightened. They they want to keep their power to themselves. Tell me who's mm-hmm. the real who the real good guys are now. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy, are you interested in seeing him in this series? Sure. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, I have not. I haven't seen the two previous marvel shows so i gotta catch up at some point i don't know when is iron heart coming out that might be next fall i don't remember exactly i think yeah i think it might be next fall sounds good all right i will give the casting a brokaw sure yeah brokaw for me uh on to dc news which we actually have quite a bit of dc news this week we'll start with uh henry cavill um big developments with him this week uh, first off, uh, he announced on Instagram he is officially coming back to the DCEU as Superman. Uh, he made a big old hubbub about it. And he's like, uh, uh, "Well, I don't, I don't know. Should we spoil yes. <laughs> what we saw?" Just okay. Say it. Yeah, I mean they've been spoiling it since before the movie came out, so it doesn't matter. Um, he he basically so he had this post credit scene in Black Adam, and he came out on Instagram and he's like, "That's just not. That's just a tiny taste of what's to come." cool so, you, you eager to see more henry cavill superman well Jimmy? i feel like he didn't deserve to not be in any more superman movies 
Yeah, I think I think with the right writing, he could do good. I mean, he is a good actor. Is he? I am not convinced. Well, <laughs> but uh, he was good in Mission Impossible. I, I okay, okay. I would. Do you not think he was good? No, in Mission Impossible? I do not think he was very good in Mission really? Impossible. I thought he was. I guess that's like the only thing I've seen him in, aside from like the DC movies. I, I just, thought he was good in that. Just let him do a, his British accent in a thing. I just is like whenever he's talking in an American accent, it's like it's the job. I'm like, no one sounds like that, sir. <laughs> just talk in your normal voice. I haven't seen The we'll Witcher it eventually, which uh, I'm guessing is a segue into some further Henry. Cavill yeah, news, yeah, we can talk about. Look, I I'm happy for him. Broke off for Henry Cavill coming back. Uh, it's because I think he looks like Superman. He seems like a genuinely nice person, and people like having him as Superman. So why not? Yeah, he he's a gamer like the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a broka. Um, but then, uh, yeah, the other Henry Cavill news is that apparently he's going to be leaving the Witcher series after season three. So season three hasn't come out yet. I don't know when it's on track to, but he's he's going to be in that. But after that, he's going to be replaced by Liam Hemsworth, which is interesting. Um, and it it's interesting because apparently, like, this show has a seven-season plan. And apparently, like, Henry Cavill had previously stated how committed he was to it. And he is, like, a big fan of the video games and everything. So I feel, I mean, this is speculation, I guess, technically. But I feel like this is mostly because of the DC movies. And, like, he just got such a good deal with that or something. That would be my best guess. You would think so. Um, Especially since this all came out around the same time, but. or where he just doesn't like making the Mitch, the Witcher as much as he thought he would, that could be, or a combination of those things, or he just wants to do something else, or I don't know. Could literally be anything. We don't know the reason. <laughs> it is weird though that like season three hasn't even come out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess that makes Bergeron. I'm not. I'm not watching the show. Yeah, Liam Hensworth. He's another big name. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be. I mean, Geralt has very little personality, so <laughs> I can't imagine it be being too difficult to play him. I think people just like the look of Henry Cavill in the games. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we don't. Neither of us watched the show, but we just found it really interesting. Jimmy actually brought it to my attention at the party last night. So, yeah. Um, I'll give it a. Bergeron since I don't watch the show yes and you haven't played any of the games or anything yes I know basically nothing about the witch other than he has white hair I played 50 hours of the third one and I was like <laughs> is this story ever gonna get good <laughs> <laughs> um and they announced the next gen upgrade so I was like oh I'll wait for that and that is yet <laughs> to come out <laughs> but apparently by the end of this year maybe uh I don't know okay. maybe I'll return to it in the summer sometime also i just don't play video games that much anymore so i'm excited for god of war ragnarok uh henry cavill uh bergeron good for him yeah um other dc news uh this is a big one apparently james gunn and uh producer peter safran will be co-chairs and co-ceos of dc studios now um which is it's mostly weird on the James Gunn side since it seems weird that he would commit to being in this executive role but 
Anyway, uh, they're, he's they're going to be uh, heading the film, TV, and animation efforts for the studio, uh, with Gunn more in charge of the creative side and Saffron on the business and production side. So my guess is Gunn is the Kevin Feige now. Yeah. Didn't Kevin Feige come out and say, like, wow, when is he going to have time to do that or something? <laughs> well, yeah, so I, what... Kevin Feige, I saw it must have been at like the Black Panther premiere or something. He said something like, "Oh, I'm you know I'm in full support of of James Gunn doing this, and I'll be the first in line to see what he does." But uh, he has a lot of work to do, <laughs> like b- before uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out in May. Still, so it, <laughs> he's and still I, on I the saw Disney so, leash. They yeah, for a little a little bit longer. Um, I saw that James Gunn also said that Kevin Feige was like the first person he talked to about it. So my guess is that they're uh, Kevin Feige's supporting him and everything, and at least publicly. <laughs> well, I mean, they Maybe seem he's... both like nice people from the yeah. outside looking in. So cool that they could do this. It does seem like when will this really come into effect since he'll be busy with all that stuff? Yeah, and they've already, I mean, you already have other movies and stuff that are in deep production and slated to come out next year and everything, so well, will James Gunn cut Ezra Miller? Absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. gotta be happening, right? <laughs> you would think. Uh, well, um, good for James Gunn. I mean, good for, I mean, that makes me more excited about DC, mm-hmm. so yeah. Broca, I guess? Yeah, I'll give it a Broca as well. Um yeah, and, uh, and, and he's going to be wrapping up Guardians too with three because they said that was yeah. The last so one, it's so. it yeah. It's not like he's being taken away from that. It kind of sounded like from the start that that was going to be his last one. So yeah, um, yeah. Other DC news: uh, the Batman two is not expected to come out until twenty twenty five, Jimmy, because Variety reports that Matt Reeves hasn't even delivered a finished script yet. All right. Well, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> 2025 that's a four-year gap then that's fine i mean that's that's a few years away yeah i can wait yeah i can wait just be good that's all i can say just be good just please be good yeah um yeah i don't know not much to say about that i'll give it a bergeron sure yeah bergeron for me okay and now this was very interesting jimmy um the the next Star Wars movie is apparently going to be written by David Lindelof. <laughs> <laughs> the least controversial writer in Hollywood, Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Um, it looks like uh, there's no director currently attached to it. Uh, it's going to be coming no sooner than December 2025, but it is uh, quite likely the next star, uh, theatrical Okay, but what does that mean? Star Wars movie. What does that mean? <laughs> what? Because it's the quite likely the next thing. How many times have they said this is going to be the next thing? Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for all we know, Taika Waititi could just hammer out his movie and it, it'll come or next year. I think, no, I think more likely this movie also just never happens. Yeah. Uh, of all of the other Star Wars movies that are never going to happen. Okay, what does this even mean? Did Damon Lindelof come to Lucasfilm with an idea or what? I don't know. I I don't think the article I read clarified, but... I would think so, because I feel like Damon Lindelof is a guy who just writes whatever he wants. I get that, too. Like, he just sits down and wants to do something. He's like, hey, I got this idea. Yeah. And people like him because he made Lost. Yeah. (laughs) 
and some good things. He made the Watchmen show, which I really, really like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, but also very few details about the movie, but apparently it is going to take place after Rise of Skywalker, but of course not be part of the Skywalker saga. They may bring back a few returning characters, but what? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. That sounds... <laughs> I am not excited. I'm going to just say Bombadil. Really? Yes. <laughs> I think I'll give a Bergeron because I think if Damon Lindelof is writing it, it it'll be at least interesting. He's it'll a big idea, but I don't want anything to do with anything. Just completely separate at this point. Yeah. Like, I, there's no care. Uh, there's nobody in the Rise of Skywalker where I'm like, oh boy, I really hope they return in some form. Like who? Maybe they'll do a redemption on, on Finn and Poe. I just they've <laughs> already just ruined those characters to me. I they just did, like I yeah. don't care about them. I just don't want to even think about those characters. You guys botched it. So yeah. just just do something completely separate, Damon. Uh we will uh be in full support. Cut your losses. I, I just don't think there's like what is there interesting to talk about there? Like, oh, there's just another new thing going on or what? Maybe well, if there's I, like, hey, there's a power vacuum now that exists. I think there could be interesting stories to tell. I don't even, I mean, it, you don't need to do like another Empire situation because that would be boring. But just do something more unique in the Star Wars setting. Okay. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, I'm just going to stand by. I Look. Damon Lindelof has created really great things. I think he's got a lot of ideas that also swing and miss. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm just <laughs> in terms of surefire hits, he is not the first person that comes to mind. <laughs> so and Lucasfilm, holy smokes, do they need a surefire hit for their next yeah. Star Wars movie? Yeah, they really do. Um, if it was like bi- if it was like, hey, James Mangold is gonna do the next Star Wars movie, or um, Denis Villeneuve, <laughs> like something like, yeah. okay, <laughs> but I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully, he, I'm just hoping he had an idea. He goes to them, and and yeah. that's how it starts. Me too. Uh, next piece of news, uh, Jimmy Saw Ten coming out next year. We are getting Tobin Bell back. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Was he in the Jigsaw? Yes. Uh, right. He was in Jigsaw. He wasn't in Spiral. Spiral. That's right. Gosh, I forgot that there were two. <laughs> I forgot. Non-numbered entries. <laughs> yes. I forgot that Jigsaw and Spiral were two different movies. <laughs> wow. Um, gl- I'm. That's great. They. Are, <laughs> when is this? When is Saw Ten taking place? I have no idea. I don't think there's anything about the story out. I don't know, like, if it's going to, you know, follow anything from Spiral or if it's going back to other stuff. But I wanted, I just want to return to, honestly, just follow Saw 7. <laughs> like, <laughs> just go back to there. I, I mean, I liked Jigsaw well enough, but just go back to the story that was set up in those first seven movies. Continue that insanity. Um, I would be very happy. They need to just retcon him dying. <laughs> he died in the third movie. This is going to be the 10th one. <laughs> it's incredible. 
it's just it is insane that he's appeared in more movies after he's died like what if it was like his great his great grandfather or something it's like during like the 1800s and he's just like creating these <laughs> saw traps it's just like really old just like just turn of the century gilded age saw traps we, ha- we so haven't done brutal. saw in space yet no <laughs> i'm saying go way back in time or go forward in time yeah let's take it to a different different time period that would be really funny <laughs> i saw the future uh broke yeah to- definitely to- yeah this this is a thomas two thumbs up broke off indeed me, um final piece of news uh venom 3 jimmy uh, is apparently going to be written and directed by kelly Marcel. uh she was the writer of the previous two movies uh, i think i forgot to check um i think this might be her directorial debut though uh and deadline also reports that this is the final chapter in the venom saga thank goodness <laughs> you not ex- you don't want venom four no. through six no i don't broca okay. that it's ending yeah i'll also give it a broca there we go um, very good I think that's it for news, Jimmy. This week, you got anything I missed? Uh, Emily said something like, "There's a thought they're making a new Sims game or something," so she's excited. Oh, okay, so, cool. Good if you like Sims. Good if you like Sims. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think like God of War Ragnarok just like leaked or something, but I don't know what anything that happens. So yeah, I saw that like it. I yeah I saw the detail like story or something had leaked like it always does. Um, like weeks before a game comes out but we'll see are you getting that day one jimmy i think so yeah i think i'm gonna get that day one i just have i I just haven't played a like a video sat down and played a video game since the summer when i played guardians of the galaxy so i'm excited to just do that yeah i might i'm i mean i'll talk about it more and what are you doing i'm nearing the end of of kena bridge of spirits and but then I'm going to have like a gap of a few days where I won't know what to play. So maybe I'll hold off and just buy God of War. Yeah. Anyway. Then we could review it on the podcast somewhat close to its its release date. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. For our famous segment, Togpa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All righty. Um, Is that yeah, it then? Yeah, that's... I think so. Right, Let's talk yeah. about the House of the Dragon finale. All right. Some hot D coming at you for the last time in like a year and a half to two years here we go all right house of the dragon finale full spoilers uh this episode is called the black council no black queen black queen whatever same thing um uh Jimmy, what did you think of this episode? You know what? I actually thought it was a little underwhelming of a finale, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of glad you have that same opinion because I, I was kind of with that. Um, I, see, on one hand, I, I kind of... Spoilers li- discussion, by the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I already said that, Jimmy. Okay, I didn't. Um, Just again. 
Um, on one hand, I, I think it's interesting kind of having these two episodes that you have one side of the story and the fallout of Viserys' death. Uh, obviously, last episode we had Queen Alicent and her family and what they did. And then this episode is Rhaenyra. Um, I think that's interesting, but I'm not I'm not convinced that's how they should have ended the season. I feel like maybe there should have like maybe this should have happened an episode beforehand and then maybe have an extra episode or something. Um, I mean, it makes sense where they ended it. Yeah. And the thing is, it's just there. There's not really a sense of urgency in this episode. Mm -hmm. Like there is in the last episode, you know what I'm saying? Like the last, I'm just saying like that the second, the penultimate episode was more interesting than this one. Yeah. There's, there's not really any, for a last episode of the season, the momentum's pretty slow. And lots of times Game of Thrones does that. I mean, you usually, I think, have that climax in the second to last episode of the season. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it didn't really feel like the previous episode. I mean, it, while it was entertaining and it was more urgent, it didn't really feel like a climax no. of the season or anything. So, yeah, you know, I was kind of still hoping there would be a little something more here. And, I mean, there is some exciting stuff that happens, but it, it, I don't know. Just It's you know, like telegraphed said, from the very first scene, too. Yeah. Like, the opening happens. I'm like, Lucerus is dead. <laughs> like, as soon as, like, he and Rhaenyra have that scene together, I just turned to Emily. I'm like, that kid is 100% dead. And I'm like, I don't know if it's going to happen by the end of this episode, but he is dying very soon. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you're going to go and dragon. And we started following him. I'm like, he's just going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I'm like, that's what's going to spark the war. So I didn't, that tension. I mean, I thought that was a good sequence. Yeah, no, I, I think, I thought it was very tense. Um, that whole bit where he, he goes to what, what castle is that? Storm's end. Storm's end. Okay. Yeah, he goes to Storm's End to meet with the Baratheons, and uh, you see, I mean, when he lands, it's storming, and you see, what's his name's dragon? Vagar. Well, Aemon's Va- dragon, Vagar. Yeah, I don't know any of the names. All the kids have the same name in my head, so um, <laughs> I'll just say that one kid or whatever. Um, the Eye Patch Boy, that's what I'll call him, Eye Patch Boy. Um, but yeah, and then... That that whole sequence was, I think, probably the best part of the episode, just because it was actually exciting, and, and there were consequences to what happened. And even though it was telegraphed, as you said, it was still it was still exciting, so freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it looked good too. Yeah, yeah, I I think, I mean, obviously you you mask the CG in this night or stormy scenario makes it look even better. But I mean, very, the dragon writing, very Jurassic park T-Rex breakout vibes. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Um, but just like eye patch boys face after, uh, he kills the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Just his realization. Aemon is Aemon and Luke. Aemon and Luke. Uh, Aemon's face after he kills Luke. Uh, just his realization of what he's started. <laughs> like, what do you think of that being an accident? You like that? Uh, I think I'm okay with it. I just, I, I'm all about character agency, 
mm-hmm. and things happening as a result of a choice. And it like, what did he like? What did he think? What was he gonna do if he didn't kill him? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you went after him with your dragon. What were you expecting the outcome to be? Well, I think that's maybe why I'm okay with it is because he like evidently he like pushed it too far and like he's realizing that's what happened. Yeah, but I'm like if he wasn't okay with killing, I don't know. Like I think in the book he just just kills him. So mm-hmm. I think it's better to me it's better if he just goes and kills him and then afterwards he's like, "Oh crap, that was stupid." Rather than I'm chasing you after a deer dragon, but then I lo- we lo- both lose control of our dragons, which okay, I, I get that you want to build that part of that, the world building part of that, and and explaining mm-hmm. that, which I'm fine with. Like the hey, these are wild animals and stuff, cool. But I'm like, it just I think it comes at the cost of this agency, and it's just like oh no, I lost control of my dragon and it ate him, and now this war is gonna happen, like. I don't want a war to begin because someone slipped on a banana peel, <laughs> you know, like just, I don't know. I think it's just like, if he's going to do it, just do it. Cause Eamon is not a stupid character. He's a very no. smart character. So I'd rather have him be like just doing it and owning it rather than, Oh, 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 whoopsie doodly. I accidentally killed this kid and now war is going to start. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm personally okay with it. I'm not sure I would totally buy it if it was on purpose either. I'm not sure either way is particularly the most engaging for me. So I I don't know. Either one's either one's just fine. <laughs> um, or he has another reason to be angry at Luke or something. You know what I'm saying? Just give him some sort of motive. Or, I don't know, extra motive. Because they did, like, you took out my eye. Gonna mm-hmm. freaking, like, your parents can't protect you now. Was the was Luke the one that took his eye out? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, that's right, because of the conversation they had. Like I said, all the kids are the same. Except for Eye Patch Boy. Yep. Um, I don't know. What else should we talk about? I um, The other, so I do like that scene overall, though. Very cool. I you know Rhaenyra big frowny face, mm. yeah. Um, final shot if looks could kill. Um, so that was that was nice. I I liked the her coronation, and mm-hmm. the the juxtaposition if you will with that of Aegon's, how hers is very impromptu, and it's her father's crown instead of Aegon in the dragon pit with thousands of people and the conqueror's sword and the conqueror's crown and all that yeah it's very peaceful i kind of i i liked um that rainy's kind of explains why she didn't kill the yes i do too um which yeah i mean it was nice because that was something we talked about last week and and it makes sense i mean it she's right it's not her war to start (laughs) like um even though she did kill a lot of innocent people, and I'm not entirely over that yet. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Just murdered a thousand people. <laughs> um, but no, I, I like that scene too. And I, I like how Rhaenyra is very much like, it's like the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> yeah. Rhaenyra is like JFK being like, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't want to just launch the nukes right away. And Damon's mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's launch all the nukes. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think I think their dynamic is is fleshed out in an interesting way this season, but at the same time, I feel like it's a weird time to introduce their like conflict with each other cuz we haven't really seen that so far. Um and obviously I know it's going to be become more of a, a thing in the next seasons and whatever, but I don't know, it's the last episode of the season and all of a sudden they're not completely on the same page. Yeah. Huh. I thought the part where he's like choking her out was like what like I don't know. I was like, do we have to do this? Can they not just fight with each other? Yeah, I don't. I mean, because then it just it adds a whole other layer of like, well, they're not gonna stay together. <laughs> Clearly, like at some point, either one of them's gonna die or she's they're gonna separate or something. Like, I didn't I necessarily know. get that. I just was like, can they? Can we just not have a disagreement between a man and a woman that doesn't have that? Can we just not include domestic violence with that? Like, <laughs> well, I well, felt like yeah, it was a little I, unnecessary. I mean, yeah, that's the domestic violence is why I think that though is because now like Damon has kind of crossed a certain line in our eyes, and so. It, but yeah, I agree. They should be able to just argue. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it see for me, I thought I, I interpreted it as like this is a thing to show that they're disagreeing that we're never going to come back to. And if it's just that, then I'm like, that was pointless and just unnecessary. Maybe. Um, Holden, <laughs> we have another childbirth scene. My goodness. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. what is happening? Why are we doing this? <laughs> this was not necessary. Yeah, there's there's too many of those in this in this season. Just pulling um, a dead fetus out of herself. Yeah, and this one was particularly gruesome. <laughs> it was... It was gross. It was sad. It was a lot. I mean, I I think I don't remember if I mentioned this with the last time they had a childbirth scene or if I talked about it like when I watched the episode. But um, at least like there there's a variety. <laughs> I guess it's not all the same thing. Like there, I mean, it is like different situations, different you know, things going on, different even filmmaking techniques each time. But so it's not like super repetitive, but it's still just like gross every time. I didn't. I just thought that wasn't necessary either this time. Mm-hmm. Um, like they could have just not had her be pregnant again. Yeah. Um, she already had a bunch of kids. Like, and this one doesn't survive. So I don't know. I don't know what their point was with that. Like, I guess they're showing. Okay, she's a queen. And part of that's all. She's also a mother, and this is the toll that it's taking on her, and all that. I'm like, part. I feel like they're just kind of doing things for the sake of over dramatizing things at this point. With with a few of these scenes, like I said, with Damon choking her and and the domestic violence and her pulling a fetus out of herself, mm-hmm. an unborn kid, and screaming just like i do we need this like i i don't know yeah i don't know i the childbirth scene itself and this it didn't really bother me too much aside from the fact that it is another childbirth scene i mean whatever she's it's i guess a physical manifestation of her grief of losing her father and everything and whatever and it's it's fine who cares 
Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I just thought it was like okay. That was. That's just it. Was kind of my reaction. Mm-hmm. Um. Although the ending of the episode was the strongest part, so that's yeah. good place to end. I'm excited for season two. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised general positivity towards this episode because in some ways I get like boys season three finale vibes from this a bit <laughs> like people were also disappointed in that. But I also feel like that worked better as a climax for the season than this does, at least. I liked um, the boys finale more than this one, I would say. It, yeah, I did, too. Um, Both are still a little disappointing in the grander scheme of the season but yeah this one's just i don't know it's a it's an okay episode it's like it's like middle of the road for the series so far but uh, yeah it's got a higher imdb score than the ninth episode yeah which is which that's i saw that that's what i was kind of basing my previous comment on the only one that it's not higher than is my favorite episode yeah that's weird because I would say it's maybe the weakest episode of the season. Okay. That or um, like uh, the one where they go hunting, the third one. I thought that was yeah. also a weaker one. Um, Yeah. No, I, I but still, look, still, I'm like, hey, I like this show a lot. Overall, mm-hmm. season one was exactly what I was wanting to see. Uh, a few more time jumps than I thought there was going to be. I thought it was just going to be like one big one. I didn't realize there were going to be like two other ones after the big one. <laughs> well, and there's even, you know, one or two in the first half yeah. as well. Like, like there's like, a bunch of time jumps. I was listening to George R. R. Martin was doing an interview and he wanted to do a, a like a whole prologue episode that was like Joe Harris's two heirs who both died and that's why they named Viserys. He wanted to do that as like a prologue episode and have another 40 year time jump. And they're like, no, George. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta put a gap on it, George. He's like, nobody liked that idea except me. I'm like, I wonder why, George. (laughs) Not all your ideas are winners. Um... Oh, we didn't talk about the auto high tower coming. Yeah, coming back, boy. I if I was that guy, I would send a messenger. <laughs> yeah, right. Like <laughs> he's gonna get torched one of these times doing that. He is incredibly confident in that scene. <laughs> like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have that confidence. Damon's but. just like, no, I'm gonna kill you. In fact, he's like, <laughs> maybe not. Let's not kill him yet. Yeah. Yeah, I I I like the I like her arc of wanting to keep the peace and then you know catalyst of sun dying and uh, kind of thrusting her into being more of a war mindset. But maybe just the way we got there wasn't the most the the best. Yeah. I heard she's gonna really become ruthless season two maybe at times. Cool, Rhaenyra. Uh, of course, we get Rhaenys, Rhaenys and Corlys siding with Rhaenyra fully oh, yeah, yeah. um which I still think is funny since they are like they think that she's complicit in the death of their son but <laughs> at this point I'm good with it I I would be I'm like I'm just curious like what is it going to be like to rewatch this first season yeah I don't know I mean I'm definitely going to do it before the next season comes out absolutely um 
both to remind myself and also hopefully then get just better context for everything but yeah and i i do think like the filmmaking overall is pretty well done it's not it's not a flawless show no like the time jumps have been awkward the cinematography has just been very good and also very bad (laughs) with the lighting (laughs) in some of these episodes um but overall like i'm just invested in a lot of these characters and and the story so and i heard season two is very much like your peak game of thrones where you have characters splitting off in different places you'll have different storylines you know the big overarching story but you'll have smaller storylines going on too in different places and you'll have that Mm -hmm. more variety um and they're just going to be more action set pieces and big stakes and so i'm hoping that the next season will feel like game of thrones when it was really coming together um at the end uh and everything that they had set up uh, in like the first six seasons but it they actually deliver <laughs> this time you know how many seasons of this are they wanting to do uh well george said at least four okay so we'll see what happens cool i heard that like plot armor also just does not exist in this this series so we could have major characters going down okay interesting um i'm like i'm i don't want to but i've been like really tempted to like listen to the audiobook for this yeah well (laughs) i i do believe i know how like some of the mate like one of the major major characters dies and i'm like i wish i freaking joffrey i wish i did not know that (laughs) um and i may there might be another spoiler later on in game of thrones so i'm like kind of scared that we're rewatching it so i don't know but i'm tempted to just read the book too just because i was like i wonder what and i haven't read any of them what george r R. martin writes like yeah, people seem to like it, so... <laughs> yeah. He's writing a second part to Fire and Blood, too. He said he's 75% done with Winds of Winter. Yep, Did you see so that? so only, like, another three years away, then. <laughs> <laughs> he's like... I was, so I was listening to this interview. He's like, I find the easiest scenes to write being Tyrion. He's like, those just write themselves. The hardest scenes to write, those are the brand scenes. I'm like, well, maybe you just shouldn't have included him at all, George. Yeah, maybe you should just write him out and kill him. <laughs> just like. just freaking kill him. <laughs> the the three-eye raven just is an illusion, and he actually just falls off a cliff and dies. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything else? To, I mean, Damon sings to a dragon. It's a big one. Yeah, big wild dragon assumed um uh, he threatens some soldiers of some sort with the dragon we never see the outcome of that but i'm okay with that yeah um yeah i don't know cool i'm excited for season two that's all I'm, Me that's too. where i'm at so i uh if i gave an overall rating for this season i think an eight out of ten is where i'm at i think that's fair um, but I think it does, I mean, like, it. it's the prologue season, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that was one heck of a prologue. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, anything else, Holden, or shall we move on? 
Uh, let's move on. All right, we're talking Andor episode eight, the pro pre-antipenultimate episode of the season. Thank goodness. <laughs> All right, Andor episode eight. Uh, full spoilers as usual. Uh, this episode's title is Jimmy. Oh gosh, uh, it's the place like Narkina Five or something. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, Narkina Five. I got it. Woo. Yeah, I think I'm so. Good. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah. Uh, so this episode, um, a bit slower. I think, but at the same time, I liked a lot of it. Although it might be one of my lesser episodes. Really? So far. I thought I don't this know was a good episode. I I really like certain aspects of it, but I when flipping through it again, there were like certain things I just had like completely forgotten about. Um that I was like, oh, that's was kinda uninteresting, I think. But I mean the stuff I liked I didn't really like. And I still like this episode, but it's probably one of the weaker ones overall. Okay, well, what did, not that that's saying much. What did you like? What didn't you like? Um, I th- I could just quickly go over the stuff I didn't like. The Mon Mothma stuff in this I felt was really uninteresting because I didn't really think much was accomplished with all the time we spent with her. Mm. I feel like it was just like we had more of her parties, which is fine. I like the dialogue in those scenes usually, but I just don't think much was accomplished there like i even i just flipped through it and i can't even really remember what was said there <laughs> like i know there was a little bit of uh like you know character building when we learned a, a bit more about like her past with her husband yeah, and how they were arranged to marriage yeah and so that was interesting but aside from that i feel like we just had like four or five short scenes with her and most of them were kind of unnecessary yeah I don't know. Did you? I, uh, I think did that's you feel fair. Differently about this. I think that's yeah. fair. I just think it's interesting that she has to be so careful in these situations, and her husband clearly does not <laughs> agree with her politically about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I still, she is still one of my favorite parts. I've done nothing but praise the other episode she's in, so I'm, I'm still interested to see what future holds for her and like you said um, it's like they would go to her for like two minutes and then it would be back mm-hmm. so i didn't think yeah it, to me it wasn't like bogging down the episode and i think no story is interesting so i am interested whenever we go to her but like you said was anything majorly accomplished through those scenes no i don't think so yeah um i also i feel like even though i like the stuff on usually i just feel i i don't know i wasn't super into like the bix storyline yeah in that's, this episode i would say that's my least i i think the ferrix stuff is the least interesting to me yeah I, I mean usually i'm okay with it but i think maybe i'm more okay with it when cassian is there and there's more of it it's more you know plot related to the main the main storyline but yeah, it was probably weakest in this episode. I mean, I, I, you know, I like where it ended up at the end, but aside from that, but everything else, I think I liked quite a bit. Um, just this is the weakest episode since there were a couple storylines I didn't quite enjoy. That's usually not the case, but everything else I liked. Uh, we can, if you want to talk about the prison planet, Jimmy, 
yeah narkina 5 i thought was cool like i just mm-hmm. thought it was a cool concept it's like star wars meets squid game meets a concentration camp or something yeah, like, it's, it's like <laughs> what the heck is happening indentured servitude um yeah so it's like your prison sentence and it's a work facility and it's like subterranean ocean base thing there's no way you're getting off this thing and there's like (laughs) seven floors and seven rooms and seven tables and seven people at each station so apparently the emperor just loves the number seven yeah i guess and uh, Um, i like how they made it like you have to if you don't if you're not productive with your work then you'll be punished Mm-hmm. and the ground the floor vibrates or something yeah i you said it vibrates i didn't pick up on that because i wasn't sure to me it didn't make sense because it seemed to only affect like the well prisoners. i think that was their shoes that they were wearing like the emperors had sh- the shoes or something okay or they, the imperials excuse me okay and, you know maybe they did actually say it was the vibrations and i just missed that that bit of it but um yeah, no, it, I mean, it seems to just be, like, torture. It reminded me of, like, the Cruciatus curse in Harry Potter. Just, like, the worst pain you've ever felt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. It's I, it's a unique facility. I like that they're not, you know, kept in cells, like, technically. And it is... It gives the air of more freedom, even though they don't like, I mean, like, yeah, you don't have to be in your cell, but then you're just going to be in constant agony on that floor. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so it's just it's a unique way of presenting a prison, which I think is is cool for the Star Wars universe. Um, got Andy Circus, Yeah. Freaking Snoke. Smeagol. <laughs> Snoke. Gollum. Caesar director of venom 2 um, Claw, right is his name is that his name what what is he in black panther claw yeah claw. yeah um alfred and <laughs> yeah that's Man. right i forgot he's alfred but i yeah i had no idea he was gonna be in this it um, is distracting as <laughs> a heck that he's in this show i would say i mean i love is, i love uh, andy circus it did not need <laughs> to be andy circus yeah, I yeah I agree with that. I mean, I think his performance is good and everything, but yeah, considering the fact that almost pretty much everyone else is either a character actor you might know or like someone who's fairly unknown, it, it's it's pretty easy to be kept immersed in this show. But Andy Serkis is by far the most recognizable face in this. Um, but you know, I I like Andy Serkis, so I enjoyed yeah. it. Um. He's chewing the scenery. He is. He's fully into it. He's got his hair gelled back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's getting angry a lot. He's got. Know? He's got like a big tough guy voice on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm like. I don't know what his actual voice sounds like because he's always doing a voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think his voice. I mean, I think it's not too far away from like Alfred and the Batman. Yeah. I think that's probably pretty close. But maybe uh, Claw. I guess Claw has a South African accent. I think, but never mind. But I I enjoyed this. I I, I liked him. I liked the whole system and the creativity of it. I just thought that was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's something effed up that the Empire would do to increase their yeah. productivity. It's I mean it's genius if you want to be like in a very twisted, awful way. 
it's like oh yeah it's like they could freaking have you know work makes you free or whatever they had over auschwitz it's like horrible yeah yeah but uh putting it but (laughs) i mean like but it's it's highly effective if you want to just use these prisoners to increase your your yield at this factory um whatever they even have the- i think it'd be cool if whatever they're making comes back later on and Andor's like oh i know how to do this yeah do we know what they're making i don't know <laughs> i have no idea uh, probably some yeah part I, to a ship. I don't think they say but i think that's fine like it doesn't matter to the characters they have to do they, like they have to build it no matter what it is so it's like oh you get to eat as much as you want it doesn't have mm-hmm. taste or flavor which apparently are two different things yeah, but it is uh, if you get first place, that's what you get in your food. So yeah. incentive. They, um, you know, Andy Circus himself is a prisoner, so it's like they're promoting within. Oh, look what happens if you work well. You get like mm-hmm. a little promote. It's it is so well run and efficient in the most awful way. Yeah, yeah. The imperial officers don't even need guns or anything. Yeah, and you know that's different looking a lot of white stuff mm-hmm. which is cool well that's 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 the imperial thing yeah well <laughs> like, apparently they 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 changed to dark later on because then the rebels have the white ships oh that's true so you know that yeah <laughs> the, the the styles change you know around the <laughs> maybe they'll the explain the style change in andor that'll be a crucial plot point that we need background on we're getting we're getting Papa Palpatine, right? Like he's got to be showing up. That's I think so. Like at least at, at maybe at like a Senate meeting or something. Like I feel like he has to show up. I'm not not that I'm like I, I like that the show is refraining from all the cameos, but I mean, if they if you do it in a situation like that, I think it could work for the story. Well, yeah, I think be, it'll be it'll be like of service to the plot. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, they're not gonna just like, oh, there's Palpatine. Oh, here's Ahsoka. Ahsoka's gonna break Cassian out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which uh, look, I mean, K two S O didn't break him out, so I, I was wrong there. So far, anyway. Yeah, they don't seem to but, be any droids really at that facility that we've seen. No, you're right. There was a. Before we get off of the prison stuff, there was that one moment where the the prisoner like kills himself. Yeah, that was awful. Which, yeah, that was awful. But it just keeps going with the show's darker tone in general without being like overly violent or anything. It still maintains that PG thirteen rating, but is able to be a little bit darker than most Star Wars material. Yeah. I mean, it's just creative in great ways. I mean, the whole thing, <laughs> the whole heist and the eye visually that this prison visually and the the how it functions, very creative in an original way and not just, <laughs> hey, let's have a planet that's another desert planet, but there's a big festival going on. Or, oh, look, here's a <laughs> dagger. It perfectly aligns with the Death Star ruin somehow. Or, hey, look, here's every <laughs> yeah, we felt- ship in the galaxy and... Here's a billion we, star destroyers. Isn't that cool? That that dagger thing gets me because they just randomly fell into a pit and found the dagger. Like it's so lazy. <laughs> I cannot bring myself to rewatch that movie. Yeah. Already 
played Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga and went through that and was like, oh yeah, here's all the dumb things that happened in this movie. <laughs> I do I do hope they have like a three and a half hour cut of that that comes out one day just to see all the nonsense that they mm-hmm. took out of it. But yes, uh, Andor, I would say very good still. I'm still yeah. very much enjoying it. Well, we haven't, before we move off of it, we haven't even mentioned, uh, what's is his name Karn Cyril Karn that's the oh I think yeah that's the so the the punchable face guy punchable face guy yeah I believe his name's Cyril Karn finally found out his full name uh, I just call him Karn but um yeah he gets interrogated by our other uh seemingly main antagonist yeah and you're like oh yeah that's right she is a bad guy <laughs> this person <laughs> I've been rooting for now should now I see her side where she's like oh you're a oh i suck up to my superiors oh someone lesser than me i will just completely make them feel awful about themselves yeah well and it's it's interesting because we have these two characters who are our two main antagonists and i mean very easily could have ended up this episode where they're teaming up and i mean i still think it will probably happen at some point in some way but like I mean, even though they are the two main antagonists, they're just on completely like completely different pages on everything. And he wants to help, but she's like, I don't, I don't want your help. <laughs> like, why would I need your help with this? I have the Imperial backing. Well, maybe what they're building towards is that she doesn't take it. Like, they don't team up, and that's what costs them. And it could maybe, be like yeah. he's super frustrated, but and that like is the theme. Like that could work well, or they just team up mm-hmm. and they lose anyway. But, like, thematically, I think it would work well. Like, hey, this is how we can fracture the Empire. They're so interested in promoting themselves that they can't come together like we do as a rebellion and all that Mm -hmm. mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, no, I either, whatever way they take it, I am very interested to see because I'm enjoying both of those characters. I was waiting for Ava from Ex Machina to step in that box thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> it kind of looked like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. um, cool stuff. Other little bits that we haven't mentioned. Um, Luthen is like, I'm not going to communicate. Or wait, Luthen goes and meets Saw Gerrera. We forgot that bit. <laughs> yeah, I thought he's like, I need you to meet this person, and and he's like, no. So it seems like there's, which was a little interesting actually. I'm like, what are you talking about half the time? Because they're mentioning all these characters. I have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. But the other time, it's like, hey, no, factions exist in the Rebellion, too. Yeah. It's like, these people are these, like, I don't know. It's like the, um, <laughs> we're watching Game of Thrones. So it reminds me of, like, the wildlings are, like, coming together under sure. Mance Raider. But they're different factions. And some of them do not like each other at all. Mm-hmm. And the Rebellion's kind of like that, too, where Sagarera is, like, yeah, we could work with these people, but I don't like them at all. I don't agree with their values or their ideas. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Although the scene itself, I was like, whatever on. I didn't. It wasn't yeah, distracting yeah. to have Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker back. Yeah, no, I um, I mean, I think Saw Gerrera is a character who I think, I mean, people seem to really like, (laughs) like, I think people like him in maybe Rebels and the various other extended universe stuff. Um, 
but we haven't really gotten i mean he was in rogue one he wasn't the best in rogue one i mean he was fine save the rebellion yeah. save the dream. yeah <laughs> i will run no longer just <laughs> sounds like an old man he just he just dies for no reason in that movie um but uh yeah, anyway, I, it, I, I'll i be interested to see if he shows up more. Maybe they'll do him right this time. Yeah. Anything else, Holden? I don't think so. I thought the end of the episode was weird because they were just, like, working or something, and then it ends. Yeah, they were working because it, it doesn't... I mean, it could have ended with Bix getting abducted. Yeah. Like, I kind of figured that's where it was going to end, but it doesn't quite... Um. Yeah, I don't know. Because it, like, returns to them working. But as far as I know, nothing happened. They were just working, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I mean, I skipped through the episode. I'm not even sure I watched any of that bit again. But I think you're right. I think it just was that weird ending, but good episode. Yes, I agree. Let's talk about our, our, our next thing, Holden. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, so we are talking. Uh, this is a user or a listener request uh, from Xander. Uh, this is Houseu. That's the Japanese name, or House in American, or American in English. In American. <laughs> in American. Who's Xander Holden? Uh, my brother. Yes, my favorite Sutter. Yeah. Just kidding. That's Logan. <laughs> Scott, you're last. Um, but uh, so this is a Japanese uh, comedy. Uh, Wikipedia labels it as an experimental comedy horror film, which I think is is accurate. Um, directed and produced by uh, Nobuhiku Obo- Obayashi. Um, it stars basically a bunch of unknown actors um, and has some very interesting background, which I'll think I'll talk about at a later point. But first. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think of this movie? Are we gonna give a let's give a synopsis first because people probably have never. Yeah, heard of yeah, this movie. that's true. I okay. I just I want to give the HBO Max synopsis because I think it's really funny. It's like super simpli- simplistic. Okay, because the HBO Max uh, one is something along the lines of a schoolgirl spends her summer vacation and in a haunted house. That's like all it says. <laughs> in the description on hbo max um and it is i mean it's not wrong no (laughs) (laughs) this movie has a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah people i mean this i think from what i understand this movie like flopped in japan uh when it came out but it was actually more of a hit here like even back in the 70s I, it wasn't like huge or anything but it was a bigger hit here than it was there and over time people have really come to love this movie um just because i mean we've danced around it long enough it is probably the most insane movie i have ever seen <laughs> <laughs> it is uh like I don't think anything can possibly prepare you for this movie. And I think we need to like try to keep spoilers light because I like, I feel like if you are at all interested in an insane Japanese horror movie, you need to go in knowing as okay, le- well, first the less off, as possible. 
it is not scary. So if you're like, oh, a horror movie, no, it's freaking hilarious is what it is. Yeah, it, it is very funny. So um, if you want to see just a bonkers movie that's hilarious and campy from the 70s and it's an hour and a half and it's on mm-hmm. HBO Max, just go watch it. It's so entertaining. Yeah, and highly it, recommend it. it, it <laughs> it's great um, <laughs> from, a sta- from an entertainment standpoint. Yeah, and is it you know, intentionally funny. Yes, I hundred percent. You yeah. think so? Okay. Yeah, I think so. It this movie. I mean, sure. There's definitely like a cultural barrier here. Where I mean, uh, I guess I should preface this with this. The, this director. I th- don't know if this is if this was his feature debut, but he was like well known for making TV commercials in Japan prior to this. And if you've ever seen Japanese TV commercials, they are, like, the wildest thing. Even, like, modern ones. So, I think there's a lot of crossover there with how this movie is presented. Just, like, with the insane editing and directing choices. And But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this movie is intentionally just the craziest thing. Yeah, so um, look, if you're if you want to just see if you are hey look, it's Halloween, you know. When, <laughs> so if you want to watch a movie that's not scary, but it's a haunted house and it's hilarious and you want to watch it with mm-hmm. friends or just by yourself even it's funny, just go this is a good one. You have HBO Max, just watch it. Yeah. It's an hour and a half. It it it's it goes by pretty I think there's like a couple parts where it's like it drags a little bit, but mainly mm-hmm. it's it's constantly entertaining i feel like once once it really gets going it really gets going too like especially in the second half um but yeah no it's it is only like an hour 20 or something so it's not like it's much much time is spent on it anyway um but kind of talking about vague things about it i guess um the the acting in this i think is like it's it's kind of bad, but I think part of it is intentional to like playing up on the camp aspect. I don't, I guess I don't know. Like, I don't know if these actors are talented enough to be purposefully playing into the camp of this movie. Maybe I'm giving them a bit too much credit, but I think it's perfectly, it works perfectly for the tone. Yeah. Do you think you agree? Yes. I think this is hilarious watch mm-hmm. it anything else just i mean like is there honestly anything else to say non-spoiler wise at this point um probably not i i guess like i just to encourage you guys to go see it kind of the insanity we're talking about deals with like the editing visual effects just storyline and everything like pretty much every aspect of filmmaking in this is dialed up to 11 levels of insanity um it's not like one aspect that is particularly funny it is like everything and i think it is very much an artistic choice to do it this way i i think i i'm willing to give this filmmaker the credit he deserves because i think it is entirely on purpose so um okay yeah i really liked it regardless Um, it's it's funny yes uh for me i honestly think i'm gonna give it an eight I'm like I'm teetering towards even higher than that but I think this movie is very very good okay sounds great uh, <laughs> let's dive into spoilers 
All right, spoilers for House. Um, this is the part where I, we just talk about everything that we thought was funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, there's certain things I do want to talk about, like, like just in general from like a filmmaking standpoint. I first, I, I think I should mention uh, background on this movie. Um, apparently, this movie was in, made in response to Jaws. Okay. Um, apparent. So this is Toho, a very famous Japanese studio, probably most well known for making the Godzilla films and everything. Um, but Jaws released here in the U.S. Big hit, obviously. And Toho was looking for like their Jaws, essentially, and they were they were <laughs> so they <laughs> made to- this. Well, it, I think what happened was they were, they kept like running into things. They just didn't know what to do. And then they came across the script and they were just like, all right. They they told the writer and because I think the director also wrote this like this script is incomprehensible. If we give you a small budget, will you just like make something out of it? And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, and then we got this. So, yeah, the obviously not a franchise or anything like jaws we did not get a house two um and it was not nearly as big of a hit it was a like i said a flop in japan but it's it's really funny to think that this was made because of jaws yeah (laughs) of all things interesting um another thing i want to mention is apparently part of the intention for this film's weirdness is uh i don't I don't remember exactly if the director like knew anyone specifically that died in it, but he was like trying to give an experience of like of seeing or having your friends just die in like the Nagasaki explosions because he described it as like if you if you know if you were in that situation, you're, you know, you and your friends would just die and like you wouldn't necessarily know what would have happened and it would have just been like like too Un- incomprehensible to understand anything so he, I th- he was trying to like do that i guess that that was like the vibe he was going for okay just incomprehensible your friends are like just disappearing and dying for no reason um i don't know if he meant for it to i mean i don't think he intended for it to be taken seriously in that way but that's just that's apparently part of the the intent behind this movie so yeah Anyway, we can get on to the funny things in this movie, of which there are many. The movie, I mean, it starts out immediately like, what, like, what is this? Like, the editing from the very beginning is is so bizarre, and it does it constantly does this thing where it'll like just do a freeze frame on like for no reason, seemingly. Yeah, <laughs> it'll or just it goes into just slow motion. Yeah, slow mo for no reason. It really likes to like. It does the like black circle thing, or like it'll like just focus in on something. It does it a lot with the cat. Um, yeah, in the it, movie. Yeah, when the kid, the friends are talking, and uh, gorgeous is off by herself. It just it, she's in the little circle now. Yeah, and Very I, I mean, subtle. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, and that's. I think part of the charm of this movie is it doesn't try to go for subtlety at all. I mean, every character in this, all of your, all of our main girl characters literally just have one like personality trait and they are (laughs) named after that personality trait. (laughs) And it's all like different, you know, 
stereotypes for girls in these types of movies. You have the pretty one, you know, which is gorgeous. You have the you have like a musically talented one. You have the fighter. You have one that eats a lot and all of that. So you have all of these different characters, one personality trait. Most of the time they are undone by that one trait. I mean, another classic staple of horror movies, but it's just it takes all of this and just <laughs> runs with it. Yeah, um, it's funny. Every transition in the world is also used in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> they just they they learn. It, it was like as they were making the movie, they would learn of a new transition, and then the director's like, "Oh, let's put that in there." The editor. I don't know if he also edited this movie. I would not be surprised because it seemed like this was such a singular vision from like him. He was just throwing everything at the wall. Boy, um, the sets were incredible, Holden. <laughs> The sets were, I mean, I think some of the sets were, like, pretty pretty fun and everything. And uh, they use a lot of, like, matte paintings. It was a weird mix of yeah. matte paintings and green screen for the backgrounds. Um, not very convincing <laughs> the, most of the time. The blue screen. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple times so that. bad. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. I always forget that that like technology existed back then because I mean now green screen is so associated with computer generated stuff, um, but yeah, just fun. You didn't have the computers to completely key out like characters and like make it look very smooth. There was very obviously points where you could just see like blue pixels and stuff. And but I mean funny. even the premise like. So she's mad at her dad, and they normally go to this one really nice, like, mansion. And he's mad at her dad for getting a girlfriend. Or mm-hmm. he's going to... Apparently, they're, like, engaged or something. And <laughs> so she's like, oh, I'm just going to invite all six of my friends to my aunt's house, who I've not seen since I was six when I saw her once. Yeah. That's... I <laughs> Hilarious. There was one... There was a user review I read of this uh, that was just like, you know, these these girls kind of deserved it for just inviting themselves to this aunt's house. <laughs> like, <laughs> she just invites them without even asking the aunt first. Um, but of course, we find out the aunt is very okay with it. Yeah, um, and she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. Uh, but I get, before we move on to that, I want to mention that like the, uh, the I guess she's not stepmom yet, but the stepmom. I think it like. I mean, she's in it just enough because every time she's on, it's weirdly it, it, like does this slow mo, very like dreamlike. Mm-hmm. It, I like she's supposed to be this very beautiful like woman, I guess, encroaching in on you know the memory of our main character's mother or whatever. But it's so like ham fisted and obvious, and it's like the, it, like every time she's on screen, it just does this slow mo dream thing, and I like. By the end of the movie, when they were doing it the second time, I was just laughing the whole time because it was so absurd. Well, I forgot she was coming. Like, I was like, what is she? Like, oh, yeah, she's here. She said she was, oh, I'll talk her into coming with us or whatever. Yeah, she's just at the beginning of the movie. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll go to your I'll go to the aunt's house and talk to her. And immediately from that point, you're like, well, that's not I mean, that's not going to turn out well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the I loved Mr. 
Togo too. They're like, oh, he's so manly and handsome. I'm like, is he? (laughs) And he's like their teacher or something. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't totally understand that. I'm guessing you know that's very much a. I don't know if that's a. If that's at all, you know, a modern Japanese culture thing, or if it's just at, at of the time as well, because like there's like this weird like I don't know if it's totally one sided or if it's like if there is more going on with like this romance between I think it's whatever the the dreamer one. What's her name? Fantasy. Fantasy. Between her and Mister Togo, but he's also like their teacher, so that's kind of creepy, but who knows maybe that was you know a thing in japanese schools in the 70s i can't say for sure yeah very weird stuff but i mean as soon as they get to the house i mean you have the creepy watermelon guy beforehand and the bus stop is in the middle of nowhere and they have to like hike (laughs) yeah the watermelon guy i forgot about him and okay, so it is at the end of the movie that is Mr. Togo that just gets turned into bananas. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> Which I thought that scene, I it's like, it's so funny because there's like basically no setup to it. He just shows up and he's like, "Oh, I actually like bananas more than watermelons," and then he just turns into bananas off screen. Like, yeah. Like, I thought Mr. Togo was gonna end up being the husband of the lady, or like he was gonna transform oh. into the aunt. You know. Okay. That's how it's going to end. But then he was bananas. I'm like, well, I guess that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, (laughs) compare it to like The Shining with the, with the, what's his name? The, the groundskeeper who you keep cutting back to throughout the movie. (laughs) He's like coming to save them and then, oh, just dies. Yeah. Um, Let's see. This movie I'm, is like The Shining, hold in 2022. It is very similar. Um, I mean, from the beginning, when they get in the house and the chandelier like twinkles and it's <laughs> doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. the kung fu music I, got me every time. Yeah, it's it's so funny. It's such a jarring change of pace because for the most part, you have like one musical theme throughout this whole movie. And by one. Um, literally one musical theme that plays yeah. the entire movie and it's i mean there are variations on it i'll give it that um but i mean you occasionally break it up with that and i feel like there's one other one that it occasionally would but i can't remember uh exactly like i can't picture it in my head or whatever um i think the musical like the main one is like pretty good but I like I mean it is overused but at the same time benefit of the doubt I think that just leads to the insanity of the movie because you're basically being driven mad by the same very simple piano theme yeah. <laughs> the whole time and as it goes on it gets like I mean the variations get weirder I mean you have the cat one <laughs> where <it's, laughs> they just remix a cat meow uh, into the theme which was very funny I was like oh my gosh this movie yeah there's so i mean the chandelier thing the the thing like falls on a lizard or something i like and kung fu is like doing flips and stuff and it ends Mm -hmm. and they're like all right let's go to the kitchen i'm like what the heck just even happened (laughs) yeah i mean aside from the editing like the weird editing that's the first point where the movie gets like really weird (laughs) because it's just out of nowhere this like poorly edited but like 
I once again, I think on purpose, poorly edited, uh, like action scene where you can't even really tell what happens. It's all, I mean, you could basically, it's like the 1960s Batman where it's just yes. like, you could basically like incorporate a pow, like <laughs> frame in there and all of that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, some good kills. I mean, you got, Oh, excuse me. You got Mac who, who, <laughs> Short for stomach, I guess. Stomach. Mm-hmm. I like how her one trait is she eats a lot, and the other characters just fat shame her, even <laughs> though she's not even fat. No, yeah, that's that's the thing that really got me is she's <laughs> that's she's not particularly part. fat. <laughs> like, like um, maybe just slightly big boned. I mean, not even it, then. Like you're like yeah, oh. like she she is slightly larger than the rest of the girls. I will say, but like not in like a fat way or anything. She's just like I don't know. It looks like it looks like more muscle than anything. Yeah. Like just like slightly more athletic character or a- actress than the others. I don't know. <laughs> They're just like, ah, ha, 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 you're so fat. You eat so much." Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> oh. Mac, you're eating. Oh my gosh. But yeah, classic then she's Mac. Yeah, classic Max. She's killed off screen, which in, I mean is fine because I think it it's made up for in the the payoff to her death, which is <laughs> truly the first <laughs> truly the first crazy thing that happens and is so funny because <laughs> yeah, her being pulled out of the well and then the way that her head floats is so clearly just like on a string or something. Like I don't like I don't know exactly how they do it. Well it's but string it's, and then it's like blue screen too. Yeah. Like you can tell they made like a prop for a head for part of it. Yeah. But then it's just blue screen other parts. <laughs> she but bites just like the, f- the character in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that all was, was very right. funny. And from that point on you're like, okay, I can I know what type of you kinda get the what the tone of this movie is gonna be. Just you have horror, you know, elements, but just not taken seriously at all. Um and then also out in that area, which what a great just set to the sunset <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Um, then you have, I think it's Kung Fu goes out there and then the logs like light on fire and they're going at her and she's like, Whoa, watch out. It's <laughs> I'm like, she's like, Oh yeah, it must've been an illusion. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of times in this movie where characters just like, like chalk it up to illusions. I'm like, well, you just clearly physically interacted with something. <laughs> like, it, it takes it like, once again, I I giving this movie like I think this is on purpose. It takes the them a comically long time to figure out like anything is wrong. Um, which I mean, like the ma- the one character who knows from the start something is up is Fantasy because she's the one that gets her butt bit by Mac. Um, but then I mean, her one character trait is that she is a she's a daydreamer. You know, she, she sees things and. She's just kind of a silly individual in that way. Um, so then, of course, none of the characters believe her. She's mm-hmm. like girl who cried wolf kind of situation. Um, but at, like, it's just a comically long time for the rest of the characters to like figure out what's happening, and most of them don't before they die. No, Mister Togo following into the pale and just <laughs> stop motion sliding around, defying <laughs> physics. Was incredible. 
<laughs> I always forget about that. I forgot about that, and then you mentioned it yesterday, and I forgot about it now. But that is, it's so funny. Even like the guy, like the um, shoe repair guy, like <laughs> going to the music. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Yeah, this. I mean, with that, you have that stop motion scene. This movie really does just incorporate like every type of editing, every type of visual almost effect. visual effect. Um, it, I mean, it it holds nothing back. Whatever was available at the time, they used. And from what I understand, I mean, I I think like. I mean, a lot of it was they would just think of it on the spot, which makes sense with like the way it goes. Like the director would be on set and think like, oh, this would be a, a very funny way to like present like a funny visual effect to use here. And then they decide to use it. And no movie just throws at all like this does. I don't think. Holden, is there a better um, death in the movie than uh, Melody getting eaten by the piano? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. That that one was hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I laughed harder in the movie than when her arm got like chomped off and flew across the room and landed in the bowl with all the goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's really funny. Like, so uh, she has the piano. She's she's very musically inclined, um, but she gets she gets like cut on the finger or something when she's playing it. She's like, oh, that's weird. But then she goes back. And she keeps playing, like, even when her fingers get bit off. She's, like, like smiling. She, she, she's, like, happy about it. And then her hand gets bit off. She's like, oh, no. Uh, yeah, and that's the point where she realizes something is wrong <laughs> once her hand is, is gone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that the, the way... I don't know exactly what they did for the piano-eating scene. It looked really bad, it but It was, like, very a green funny. screen yeah. cutter-up. Late, like they filmed her on green screen, and mm-hmm. then, or they filmed separate elements, and then they like seemed to like cut them out and put them over the other film. Whatever it was, it looked awful. <laughs> and they did that so much with just various like heads and limbs in this movie, where they just like, I mean, most of the time when you see a disembodied head in this movie, it's like inexplicably still alive, or it's like a hallucination where it's still like uh, it's talking or something, and. So it's always just like keyed out on a green screen or whatever, and it's just poorly floating there. Um, I mean, you have like there's like a weird sequence later where it's just it basically going through all the girls in order that died, and all of their heads are just floating there, and it looks really dumb. <laughs> um, but I also I think honestly I don't think I laughed harder than when. Uh, kung fu gets eaten but then her legs fly (laughs) and hit the cat painting (laughs) yeah that's right and then the cat's spewing blood all over that talk about the shining that's was very yeah i uh, in general uh good cat content in this uh in this movie good cat representation um i just like that the cat is like part of the spirit or is is kind of the spirit also it uh and it just glows its eyes green randomly to make things happen. <laughs> Which uh, I guess that the first thing that happens is the the camera gets broken. That's from the cat. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, but then the cat just will do random things throughout the rest of the movie, and um, and that's it's always very funny. I um 
we keep jumping around, but I just keep thinking of like different things to talk about. There's the one scene where the ant like goes into the fridge. Um, oh yeah, which she just disappears into the fridge, <laughs> which Fantasy sees, and she's the mm-hmm. only one that sees the the ant do any of these weird things. She disappears into the fridge, and like I don't know if it was like supposed to look cool, um. Because then, like, in the next, uh, they, like, splice together two shots. Because in the next shot, then she's, like, right next to the camera. She's, like, up in the attic or rafters. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the shots are spliced together very poorly. Like, it it is very obvious where the cut is. And, like, it's, there's, like, inconsistencies in between the shots, too. It's, it's, it was very funny. It's, like, in the, they, when they did the cut, like, uh, I think fantasy was holding a plate and it just shatters. So like, as soon as the cut happens, the plate shatters <laughs> and then, the, and then the ant comes up and is closer to the, the, the frame. But yeah, it's <laughs> very funny. What a wild movie. Uh, there's also the scene where who is, uh, one of the characters, I forgot. They're just juggling light. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. When, when does that happen? I don't remember. There's it's towards the end. There's what's her name? It's like buried under the mattresses. Yeah, that's sweet, I think. And then she gets trapped in the clock. There were some that I'm like, I don't even I can't track what's happening to who. The clock one was that supposed to be the same one? I, I can't remember if the clock was supposed to be her or if it was supposed to be gorgeous because i think gorgeous at that point had already been like taken and possessed or whatever yeah which i didn't see coming i thought she would be like the last person left but she went yeah out before a lot of the other ones yeah and that that sequence was probably like the trippiest most confusing part because it wasn't really clear what was like happening um i mean i guess you can say that for most of this movie <laughs> but um she i mean she's sitting at the mirror and then she's suddenly like on fire or what or something the the fire effect in that was really bad but very funny hilarious um but then yeah she ends up getting possessed it is kind of weird that the ant after she goes into that fridge she she is absent for most of the rest of the movie yeah and it's it is mostly then gorgeous being possessed by her um so yeah that that was interesting you gotta do what you gotta do holden possessing your nieces yeah i guess (laughs) Um. Yeah, and I thought the um the backstory for the ghost was like was kind of generic, kind of lame, but also kind of suitably under like very like hilariously underexplained. Like she's just like her husband's or yeah, her husband like went off to war, never came back, and now she's just she's dead here in the house. Yeah. Like I don't think it ever explains how she dies or anything. Um maybe it's even I don't know if it's implied to be suicide or anything, but I don't think so. Regardless, she's haunting this house. Yeah. She her body gets more powerful throughout the movie. Yeah, the more kills that happen, she it's it it shows her like eating Mac after Mac's death, but she's also it's like unclear because she is un she's a ghost, but she also seems to have a physical presence. Yeah. Um, whatever. I mean, it's not like that needs to. Do, nothing else in this movie is explained, so <laughs> I'm not gonna get hung up on that. 
But uh, anything um, else, Holden, you you want to talk about here? Um, I will say the one bit that I like effect that I think looked it was kind of cool was the flooded room. I thought that was that was kind of interesting and fun. Um, I mean, some of the other effects that surrounded it were, I mean, pretty cheesy. And there's the one bit that I think is. I'm, it seems to be kind of iconic when I was looking it up, but like when the the painting the painting of the cat is like, I mean, first of all, it keeps changing faces, but then mm-hmm. it like like a, the ghost like comes out of it. It looks very silly, um, but I mean, the room in the the water. I thought that was a pretty impressive set for this pretty low budget Japanese horror movie. That was like I thought that was cool, um, but. Uh, the ending of the movie it's just kind of funny the the stepmom just gets set on fire <laughs> there i i will say i it, even though this movie is funny i won't and i don't think it's scary i think the ending is kind of melancholic like i i think the general tone is is very silly but like i mean the fact that everyone just dies and I think from that aspect, maybe his intended, like, that that whole Nagasaki bombing thing maybe comes across, to me at least, where it's just like, I mean, you don't know anything that happened to these people, and it's just random, and and now they're just dead for, like, no good reason, but... Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> I mean, I, like like I said, it is aside from you know if you if you view that ending that way, I think it is overall very just comical and funny. All right, but I think yeah, that's that's about it for this movie. Sounds good. We talked about it longer than I thought we were going to. So <laughs> well, there's there's a lot to it. There, <laughs> there's quite funny. a bit to unpack. <laughs> All right, Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right. Uh, this week, um, if one of the things I started watching was the Guillermo del Toro Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Oh, yeah. How's that? I've only watched the first two. Um, the first one I thought was better um, than the second one and I from what I understand the later ones are actually the best ones um, but both of the ones I watched so far were pretty entertaining um, I very creative not really like anything I've ever seen I, I can definitely see why he like Guillermo del Toro produced this because he, he I don't think he he didn't direct any of them he might have written a couple but it is very much his like just weird body horror very creature feature kind of thing where he's just it it feels like it fits within his filmography even if he didn't make it and there are some very talented filmmakers behind these um I know you don't love the Babadook but the director of the Babadook made one and I'm very excited Mm. to get to that one Um, oh nice but um yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it i'll keep watching those uh but then i also this week watched uh, halloween 3 season of the witch oh wow um from the 80s i have not seen aside from the sequel trilogy i've not seen any of the other halloween movies or i get and also the very original one um but halloween 3 is interesting because it's for those of you that don't know, it's like completely unrelated to all of the others. Michael Myers is not in it at all. Season of the Witch, uh, right? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, Season of the Witch. 
Um, it's so initially John Carpenter's like idea for this franchise was that each movie would be like its own thing. It'd be an anthology series essentially. And honestly, that's probably the way it should have gone. (laughs) I think, um, but the first one was successful. So they made a sequel to it in Halloween too. Um, but then he wanted to get back onto that track, but this movie, like no one liked it when it came out. Um, it's very bizarre. It is a very weird concept for a horror movie because it's basically about this like doctor who's investigating this like toy company who's making Halloween masks that are going to make kids heads melt. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's this really bizarre idea for a horror movie. And I don't think it's scary, um, but I actually kind of enjoyed this movie. I can see why it's getting kind of a cult following now. Uh, Because it's just so creative. Uh, Some of the body horror stuff was very interesting. The kills were better than the newest Halloween movie. That's for sure. Um, In general. Um, But yeah, I just very unique movie. I kind of wish that the Halloween series just had become this. Just take wild concepts and do interesting things with it. I would I would recommend it. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. but uh, I think that was it for movies I watched. Um, in terms of TV shows, I've just been watching more Parks and Rec. I actually haven't watched any more Succession this last week because I kind of started the Guillermo del Toro thing. Um, catching up on Atlanta since that's still going. That's probably the most re- most recent episode is one of my favorites so far. Um, think that's about it there and then uh video games i've been playing kino bridge of spirits and i'm really liking it um i think it's gotten better as it's gone on i'm almost at the end though i might actually beat it today wow how long is it it's not very long i'd say probably 10 hours 15 maybe it kind of depends on how much of the side stuff you're going for i'm mostly going most of the side stuff i'm doing is just like for upgrades and stuff so like but there's other things you can do um but yeah i think that's it jimmy what about you what have you been doing um well emily and i've been continuing to rewatch game of thrones so we watched the uh uh, Mountain versus the Viper episode with the famous oh, showdown, and I, that is more graphic than I remember it being, and it was pretty <laughs> traumatizing when I watched the first two times. So, um, I'm excited to watch the final two episodes of season four because I think they're great. Um, mm-hmm. So excited to do that. And otherwise, I think, uh, uh, well, let's see. I've been watching the Jeffrey Dahmer show on oh, yeah. Netflix. Uh, not a ton of it, just a little bit of it uh, while I'm working out in the mornings, but I'm enjoying that. I think it's very entertaining and well made. So, um, cool. I, the parts, I mean, some people are like, it glorifies him or whatever. I don't, I'm like, seems pretty messed up to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he's a person. So it's like, they're, yeah, I don't think they're glorifying him from what I've seen. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, quite entertaining um but i think that's pretty much it i uh before i fixed them my glasses that i wore for my walter white costume looked a lot like jeffrey dahmer glasses because they had another bridge up top um and i ended up sawing it off because i I, (laughs) when i put them on initially like 
someone told me I looked a lot like Jeffrey Dahmer with just the way with my hair was that night. I was like, okay, I need these glasses not to look like that. But you don't have beautiful blonde hair, Holden. I've got dark blonde hair. In certain lights, it's more blonde. No, so okay, whatever. <laughs> I would never in a million years describe you as blonde, Holden. Um. Anyway, um, next week, though, I believe it's the weird, the Al Yankovic story. So um, very excited for that. That looks mm-hmm. fun. I'll be on the Roku channel, which is a free service. So watch that if you want to hear our review. We had talked about All Quiet on the Western Front at some point, maybe. Um, I'll probably watch it regardless in the next couple weeks. But um, Sounds good. Yeah. I, uh, oh, and also Andor. Yes. What were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, no House of the Dragon. So sad. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I did watch a, so I really like the 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 YouTube channel Cinefix, and they just mm-hmm. made like an almost an hour long thing on the best practical effects of all time, um, including the Inception hallway scene, which I did a breakdown on, on the Tompa YouTube channel, one of the rare <laughs> Tompa YouTube videos. But uh, I would highly recommend that video uh, if you're interested in that. Um, just history of that those special effects because they do a really good job cool. of breaking all that down and watch all the other things they have on there because they're really well made. And that introduced me to a lot of films from all over the world that I had never heard of before. Um, cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yes. Nothing else. Holden. Yeah. Listener request you- taking us home. Yeah, um, well, if you want to leave us a request, like the one we just talked about, please leave us a good one. I quite enjoyed this one. Um, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. I believe that's it, Jimmy. All right, sweet. Adios, pantalones. Love you. <laughs> That one movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>